You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's go round the league with a great friend of the program, Eric Adelson from Yahoo Sports. Eric, one of the highlights of this program is pointing out when I'm occasionally off the mark, like predicting the Patriots would go undefeated this season. Has your legendary confidence in Andy Dalton wavered at all? What's up, guys? I also wanted to ask you both about the end of the Gator game, but I guess we'll do pro football first. We can because uh, I think Cordell knows a thing or two about Hail Marys, right? Not too bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a no, great play. What, what did you think when you saw that, Cordell? Well, one, you know, I saw the quarterback scramble. Is automatically, you think, it's single digits, time left in the clock. Um, I'm saying to myself, it's a Hail Mary pass. But then when the ball was coming down and I saw the receiver passed, he was past the dang on cornerback. I'm saying to myself, how in the heck did the cornerback allow this to happen? And why can't the quarterback make these types of throws during a game this accurate, that far down the football field? It was an accurate pass as if he intended to do it, but it was technically a Hail Mary pass. I thought it was one of the better games, I would say, of the early part of the, the college season. So, uh, hats off to Florida and Tennessee. A couple guys in my golf club, they're so sick right now. They hate to hear people <laughs> talking about that, man, because that was, that, was that was a rude way to end the game for a team that was up in that game and, and was pretty much playing solid in Tennessee volunteer. And, and how often are you asked about your play? Oh, shit. Come on. Seriously? It's the ringtone on his cell phone. When you Listen. call him, you hear Keith Jackson going, oh, Cordell yeah. Stewart. Allow me to say this. You know, if you just turn the volume down without understanding what's going on as far as the ramifications of Boston beating Miami uh, with Doug Flutie's Hail Mary pass or LSU in Kentucky tipped off of someone's head. He runs in for 20 yards to score the touchdown. But if you just watch the play in a sense of how it's drawn up, in anybody's room, as far as a Hail Mary pass, you get in front of someone, be a distraction, the ball's tipped, it's caught in the back of the end zone, ball's up in the air, caught! Caught by Westbrook for a touchdown! Incredible! By the great Keith Jackson. How you like that? <laughs> I'll tell you something, uh, and then we'll get to, I know Brian has an agenda here, but <laughs> yes, <it is>. I'm, from, <laughs> I'm from Ann Arbor. I was born at Michigan Hospital, and I was born and raised in Ann Arbor. I'm sorry. I went off to college. I'm sorry. And my dad, he left me alone. He didn't want to bother me at any point at all, and he never called me. But after that play, he called me. That was the only time the whole year he called me. It was a great one. It was a great one. I mean, we're still talking about it a thousand years later. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. good. Okay. I, I just Thank want a hot you. take about Andy Dalton from the man who's promoted him more than anybody in sports media. Eric, your thoughts? Yes. All right. Well, I, I of course I'm going to say it's not all Andy Dalton's fault um, because I'm I, I'm just that way. But I really mean it's not all Andy Dalton's fault because they have a, such a, a problem with the offensive line, and it it was clear from the beginning of uh, of that 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 uh, primetime game. That there was a that there was a uh, that there was an issue, and then on the short week, um, it's even worse. They they have to they have to rebuild the offense. Whoever the quarterback is, uh, and and I understand it may not be Dalton, but I think even his detractors believe that he's better than this. That they can't even score. Him. I mean, he. I think that people thought even the people that didn't like him during the regular season, he was a he was a good quarterback. And yes, in playoffs it was different, and and when more, when the pressure was on, it was different, but. That's the kind of game where they should be in in it, and they're not. And I don't think that any quarterback behind that line is given enough of a chance. That's going to be the problem they have to fix. The problem is for me, Eric, and to be honest with you, is much the offensive line because we've seen players play with a bad offensive line. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers. I think you can 
basically say his line has been decrepit for some time in a sense of, you know, the consistency of health up front for him, and he finds ways to make plays. But when you only have – when you have four interceptions, uh, one fumble, you come back and you have A.J. Green, one of the better receivers in our game, uh, only with 10 receptions, targeted 18 times. Uh, I don't think that's really enough at the end of the day uh, when you have an opportunity – to look at players within that division, like Antonio Brown, who had targeted 22 times with 16 catches for 244 yards on an average of 15 yards per catch. It's just like there's a glitch in the system. And how do you fix it if if, if Andy Dalton is still supposed to be the starting quarterback on this team? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to fight too hard on that because your points are great and, and, and they're sound. I, I, I can't argue, but when you don't have time to get open, even somebody like A.J. Green, uh, then you're not going to get as many targets. I mean, to me, the plays don't have enough time to develop. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody like him, maybe a Cam Newton or a Russell Wilson, but, you know, Wilson, as you guys know, he's having his own issues with protection. So is Cam. Um, and, and Andy Dalton is not those. He's not an MVP quarterback, as much as I'd like to make him out to be. Um, but I just, I just don't see him having the time for the plays to, to develop. And, and, to, and to me, the comparison is, is with the Texans, which, uh, which Brian started with, uh, in that if you know, someone, like, someone like Hopkins, and he's never been the, the, the receiver that he, he's capable of being, in part because the window of time to get open is so short. Uh, so, you know, if, if they, if you chuck Dalton and start with somebody else, you know, if they, let's say they, they, they finish 0 and 16 and then they bring in Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold's as good as everyone hypes him up to be. I still think you have to protect Sam Darnold or whoever. And that's something that they just haven't done a good job of shoring. Eric Adelson of Yahoo Sports is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Eric, you reference Cam Newton. We're not doctors and other than Cordell's quarterback expertise. We're not coaches. Just based on the eyeball test, how does Cam look to you, and how big of a setback is it going to be for the Panthers moving forward without Greg Olson, without the broken foot? Yeah, you know, it's different. I, I have to say. I mean, it's it's not wholly different because he's still making great plays, um, and he's still enormously talented. But um, there's, there's sometimes that he just overthrows uh, receivers, which I just didn't happen two years ago, and there's decisions that he makes that, that it, it, it feels just the slightest bit tentative, and I don't know. He certainly doesn't play scared. He, he's, he's definitely, I think, the confidence is still there, but it's just that there's something a little bit off, uh, and not on every play, just on certain plays um, where it would be a, 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 a touchdown or a big play or he would make the decision to, to run and, uh, and, and get the first down. Um, that's uh, the other thing that's sort of perplexing within within this puzzle is that you it's not a consistent um, uh, difference. It's just sporadic. Uh, and, and so you can't say, well, obviously there's something wrong. It's not obvious on every play. Sometimes he's good, but he's just not an overwhelming force this year uh, the way he was before. Because when I was covering him, and you guys watched uh, two years ago, I didn't, there was just no way. There was no way to figure him out. You just had to hope for the best or get a defensive line like the Broncos. Um, and, and, and they had that, but no other team did. I mean, you remember the NFC Championship. That was an incredible blowout in a championship game. It wasn't even close, uh, and, and, and he was just overpowering. That's that Cam Newton we don't see right 
over the past couple of years, this Kansas City Chiefs team has, I would say, been really playing good football. But there's been one person I think everyone has had their eyes on, and that's the quarterback in Alex Smith. As of lately, he's really been playing some really efficient football. I, th- I think a masterful uh, game plan put together in the last two weeks by Andy Reid, uh, opening, I would say, the offensive game plan. Alex Smith hitting guys down the seam from Kareem Hunt uh, to Tariq Hill in the first game to the last game, scrambling, getting first downs to throwing shovel pass passes to a Travis Kelsey. Uh, also with, obviously, Justin Houston playing as well as he's been playing in and the ending part of both those games. How much are you believing in Alex Smith that he'll be able to continue this trend to make the division of the AFC West even tougher, of course, with Oakland and Denver playing as well as they are? I, I think game manager gets a bad rap. I sort of use this as an epithet almost in, in our little community. But I think that when you have talent uh, around you, uh, which Alex Smith now does, I mean, there's uh, at running back and receiver – there's, there's more talent around him than there has been. There's speed. There's, there's guys who have the game plan against, at least so far this season. And there, there's where a game manager can come in handy, is that when you, when you're, when you have to uh, account for uh, a faster guy in the flank or somebody in the backfield, then the, then the quarterback can manage the game without making mistakes and be deadly at, at, at times. That's what we're looking at here now. Um, and that's what I w- was was hoping for, or at least expecting with Andy Dalton. Um, it, it, Alex Smith, you know, sort of people sort of make fun of him that he's milk toast, he doesn't have the big play. You know, you, it, it, it's not really up to him to make the play, they play if he can put the ball in the hands of people who can. Uh, and so far, he's been able to do that. And really, if you look back over the last couple of years, uh, they haven't been great in the playoffs, but they have sort of been on the doorstep, and they have been very good on defense, and they've been sound under Andy Reid. He's always been that way. So to me, you know what, why not? Uh, there's no reason why they can't just continue uh, to be contenders and win games and then you get in the playoffs and who knows. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with Eric Adelson from Yahoo Sports. Eric, I can understand how Ryan Nassib landed in Jacksonville given his personal connections to Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin. But do you think it's a PR challenge for the NFL that a player like Nassib has a job and Colin Kaepernick is still unemployed? I do. I, I think so because... I cannot think of any other uh, player in NFL history who is as talented and accomplished and young as Colin Kaepernick who didn't have a job. And I know that a lot of people out there think, good, that he shouldn't have a job. Um, But there are also a lot of people in the league who look at that and they think, well, is it really team first? Is it really win at all costs? Is it really a meritocracy uh, in this league if somebody who's talented and respected and liked by, by former teammates uh, can just sort of be out of the league. And I, I know that a lot of people are fine with that, but there's also a lot of people who aren't, and that's something that uh, can come back to haunt you, I think, that if you're, if you're the NFL. And, and I actually point to Roger Goodell's uh, response to the Michael Bennett situation, which was much different, guys, than, than a year ago when he made his first comments on, on Kaepernick. He said he didn't, didn't agree. He talked about the military and, and respect for the flag, and, and those are all valid points. But he didn't acknowledge Kaepernick's point. Meanwhile, Bennett, this happens to him, and he's arrested. We still don't know all the story on that. We still don't know exactly what happened. But I thought Goodell's response on that day was telling because he acknowledged that there's an issue here in our society, and he supports the right of players to respond to it in the way they want. That's a change for Goodell, and therefore that's a change in the league. 
And I'm not saying that that's going to turn, a, a, that's going to unearth a job for Colin Kaepernick, but it shows that the league actually cares, the ownership cares about the movement, uh, that they're not just blowing it off the way I think they did at the beginning. Eric, you just mentioned the word uh, respond. How does the Dallas Cowboys respond uh, to the difficulties they've had this past week against the Denver Broncos when the running game was was averaging, I think, on the day, what, they had nine attempts uh, for, what, eight yards, so which was like .8 yards per rush. Uh, they had two turnovers, one taken back to the house by Keith Tlaib for over 100 yards. How does this team respond, and also the defense giving up as much as they did? How do they respond to – a team that basically just shut them, shut, them, shut them down and showed all of their deficiencies when it comes to what they can and can't do. Yeah, I mean, this was really kind of an exposure because I think that a lot of us felt that the Cowboys were Super Bowl contenders. And after seeing that against the elite defense, I, I kind of take them out of that category. I, I was concerned about the Cowboys going into the season I'm sure you guys shared it because of their secondary. I think if you go against a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan or Tom Brady, uh, you, you are in a, a sort of a scoring duel that doesn't really work out so well if you're a young team uh, playing against uh, an experienced quarterback. Um, so that was my concern with the, with the Cowboys. But now I have more concerns, which is uh, it, it, can they be pulled apart by an elite defense? And it looks like they were – and, yes, I, I expect them to bounce back. I, I expect them to be somewhat of an aberration. But at some point, the Cowboys are going to have to beat a defense like that, and they're going to need Elliott to do that. They're going to need him at full strength, and I don't know what his mental, emotional state is, but, but um, I, I would want some full, complete answers on that, too, because it's not just that he's a great runner. He's a great blocker, too. Uh, and so when you add him blocking uh, and protecting Prescott, uh, along with that offensive line, which is still – an elite offensive line, that's a very hard situation for a defense to handle. And if he's not able to be at 100%, uh, it puts more pressure on Prescott, more pressure on the offensive line, and then more pressure on the defense to play better than they really are. So I, I do look at this one game, and I, I, maybe it's an overreaction, but I, I'm not nearly as bullish about the Cowboys now as I was two weeks ago. Eric, last one for me, even though I pride myself on having an enthusiastic delivery. I'm older than I sound, and I know NFL history. I grew up a Giant fan in the suburbs of New York City. I didn't actually attend the game at the Yale Bowl, but I remember when the Giants were waiting for the Meadowlands to be built. They played on campus in New Haven, didn't sell it out because that's a massive stadium, and the Giants were terrible. Let's connect it to what's going on right now around the league. Empty seats at Levi's Stadium. L.A. Memorial Coliseum, plenty of good seats available for the Rams. Does the league have to be a little bit concerned about the optics of those situations? Yes, I, I think so. I think it's a great point. I, I think this expansion was too fast. Uh, I, I think, and, and I know that we, we in the media and on the show, we like to talk about, well, why are the ratings down? Is, is, are the anti-protests uh, to blame here? Um, I think one of the factors here is that you have two fairly major cities in St. Louis and San Diego that are actively, pockets of those cities are actively cheering against the teams they used to support. So I'm sure you have people tuning out in those cities. You have people, you have, you have a, a, a restaurant in San Diego that's giving out free tacos when the Rams, I'm sorry, when the Chargers lose. So you are turning off parts of your fan base. Then in L.A., which never clamored for an NFL team. I know people in L.A. I, I've never heard anybody being really excited about it. 
when I'm out in L.A., people aren't counting the days until you get an NFL franchise, let alone two. Uh, and so it's not just that you have an optics problem and you're going to have every media person in a press box taking a picture of game time stands, but you also have the issue of people don't want to pay 100 bucks to park and watch the game. Uh, even when the charges are good, that's not necessarily going to work. So beyond optics, you need to build your fan base, and this is not the way to do it. I think the expansion was too fast and too hasty, and I think the NFL is going to pay for it. Eric, great information as always. Thank you for buttering up Cordell, because we don't mention enough on this program what he did on the road in Ann Arbor. Well, I'm still upset at him, and I always will be. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm happy it worked out for him. Um, I'm sorry, man. That's been how many years now? (laughs) I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you, Eric. We'll chat with you soon. See you guys. Thanks. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.